the outer exile follows our inner reality. It is in this week's Sidra that we learn the reality of the exile. Rabbi Ashlag teaches that the word exile in Hebrew Gola differs by only one letter from the word Gula, meaning redemption. But this one letter, the letter Aleph, is in fact the difference between darkness and light. The letter Aleph represents the One. It represents our living connection with the Holy One, blessed be He. We can be in exile within ourselves or alive with a living connection with the source of all life. But exile is a prerequisite for redemption, according to the inner meaning of the scripture, that the light shines brighter when it comes from the dark. How did the exile begin? As we learn in the Torah, the children of Israel came down as families, guests of the Egyptian king Pharaoh. At first, life must have seemed good to them. In a worldly sense, they had changed from being a family of shepherds to being the nearest relation of the de facto rule of Egypt. Yet within a couple of generations, this reality changed from one extreme to the other, and the children of Israel, instead of being the welcome guests of the Egyptians, became their slaves. At first, the children of Israel stayed separate from the Egyptians. Little is said in the Torah of this period of their stay in Egypt, most of what we learn is to be found in the previous Sidra. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh, and I will say to him, My brothers and my father's household who are in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds, for they always were owners of livestock, and their flocks and their cattle, and all that they have, they have brought. And if it comes to pass that Pharaoh calls you and asks, What is your occupation? You shall say, Your servants have been owners of livestock for my youth until now, both we and our ancestors, so that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, because all shepherds are abhorrent to the Egyptians. Furthermore, when Jacob came down to Egypt, he instructed Yehuda, the chief of the brothers, to go ahead of him and direct him to the land of Goshen. Rashi says the word direct, lohorot, means to set up institutions of teaching. The implication here is that even in the midst of Egypt, which remained separate and distinct and maintained their own traditions. Indeed, during the lifetime of Jacob and Joseph, the children of Israel maintained their own identity. They remained who they were. But Egypt is known in the Bible as Ervat Haaretz the nakedness of the land. On the spiritual scale, it was the lowest place that existed on the planet at the time. Yet outwardly, it was an advanced technical civilization, advanced in mathematics, building techniques, and war. Unlike the Egypt of today, it seems to have been a fertile country in which the people received their food with very little effort. They were able to fish from the Nile which freely watered the surrounding lands with its earth-laden waters. It must have been very enticing. When we learn the Pashat Shavua, Rabbi Ashak teaches that all the elements involved in the story are to be found within us. 
They are not elements of the historical past, but they are in fact aspects of living consciousness here in the present within us. By looking at these elements, we can learn in parallel about our own processes here and now. Rabbi Ashlag teaches that Egypt's civilization is represented within us by the framework of uncleanness. It is the whole organization that the ego builds up within us to serve its own purposes. Like ancient Egypt, the framework that the ego has built up within us over the years is a sophisticated one. It's an enticing one. It's one we get drawn into and one which is hard to refuse. Like the children of Israel when they first came down to Egypt, the framework that it offers entices us, dazzles us, bewitches us, but ultimately enslaves us. And we learn, in fact, that in their sojourn in Egypt, the children of Israel sank to the 49th level of uncleanness. In this respect, it is considered the worst of all the exiles that the Jewish people were to endure. For although we suffered other grievous exiles, only the exile in Egypt was one in which we forgot who we were, a spiritual exile as well as a physical one. What happened? What occurred to change the children of Israel's reality from being welcome guests to becoming indigent slaves? The Torah tells it in a few succinct words. A new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. One can certainly look at the meaning of these words in a historical sense to understand the ingratitude of a ruler who must certainly have heard how Joseph had saved his people from starvation. But more immediate for us is to look at what these words mean when we apply them to our own inner consciousness. To see how to do this, we're going to study a portion of a letter that Rabbi Ashlag wrote to his students whilst he was away in London. The letter starts with Rabbi Ashlag bemoaning the fact that owing to external pressures, some of the former members of the students' group who had been learning with him had fallen away. This is what he says. I am extremely sorry over those weakened limbs whom the external reality has overcome and which prevents them from joining with you. May God strengthen them and enable them to join with us and may God be with them. The Gemara teaches when a disciple is exiled to a city of refuge after accidentally committing manslaughter, his rabbi is exiled with him. The subsequent discussion in the Talmud sees the sages puzzling over the problem. How is it possible that such negative energies could so gain the upper hand over the disciple's Torah and his service to God, to the extent that he was driven out from the inheritance of God, if he had already been in dvekut, unity, with a true sage. However, when the disciple had a spiritual descent, it appeared to him that his sage was not really on the high spiritual level he had formerly felt him to be. And since this was his new assessment of his teacher, this in fact is how it came to be. For a person can only value his teacher according to the measure he values him in his heart. 
he does not now put in the same measure of faith that he had in his teacher. And the outward reality follows his inward reality. That is, the outer exile came about because he himself caused his own inner exile by turning his back on the light of his teacher. As he goes into spiritual exile, his sage, or the inner image of his sage, is likewise in exile with him. From these words, we can understand that our objective reality follows our subjective assessment or our feeling, and not the other way around. The Zohar looks at this issue in our relationship with God. According to the measure of value we give God, to that measure we can attain his light. These are its words in the Zohar Vayera. The scripture teaches in the Song of Solomon, her husband is known in the gates. Gates in Hebrew is the word Sha'al, but this word also means evaluation. According to the measure we value God is the measure we know him. Rabbi Kotsk said in answer to the question, where is God? And he answers, wherever you let him in. And thus the Zohar says, her husband is known in the gates. This refers to the Holy Blessed One, who is known and attained according to the measure each one accords him in his heart. This process also pertains to the exile of Egypt. Earlier we asked the question, how did the exile begin? And the Torah answers this in one terse sentence. A new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. The Baal Sulam, Rabbi Ashlag, according to his system, looks at these words in terms of our inner consciousness. This is what he says. A new inner governance appeared in the minds of each and every one of them, for they had fallen from their former level of holiness. And this is what is meant. The disciple who is exiled, the sage is exiled with him. That is to say, they no longer knew Joseph. For the Hebrew word, lada'at, to know, does not in fact refer to intellectual knowledge alone, but actually more means our emotional connection. This type of knowledge is a true living connection, and it was this knowledge of Joseph that they had lost. A new king arose within them who did not know Joseph. Rabasha continues, the children of Israel attained the light of Joseph only according to the measure they felt it in their heart. They lost their original connection with him and imagined Joseph as they were in themselves, in their own image. And since they did not know Joseph, they lost their emotional connection with him and the servitude began. For if this had not been the case, then for sure, the power of the tzaddik would have protected them and the servitude and exile would not have been possible. From this we learn, the outer servitude was a consequence of their own inner fall. They became enticed by the outward glamour of this great civilization, and the sages teach us they fell to the 49th level of uncleanness, 
they almost lost their identity. They allowed the seduction of the outer to wean them away from the inner path of Jacob and Joseph. This issue is one that is relevant for us here and now. Rabbi Baruch Sholem Ashlag teaches that before a person prays to God, he has to believe two things. Firstly, that God wants to help us, and two, that he can help us. This sounds simple, but the reality is that we often feel either that this issue is not worth bothering God about, in other words, that we're not sure that God wants to help us, or we feel that there are no solutions and that the problem is too heavy for God. Both these feelings arise because we are fashioning an inner image of God, which is in our own image, because we are evaluating God. We value him like we're valuing ourselves. Having faith in God means having faith in his love and in his greatness his exaltedness. He is beyond all that we can imagine, in endless love, and is intimately involved and caring. Faith in God is an act of giving, and true faith in God leads us to connect with him in an intimate way, providing that emotional connection and giving us the letter Aleph to transform our inner and outer exile to the redemption. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Horus School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.